You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jstrandcouch.com, and this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, enter the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your order. And hey again, I know it's been a while. I wish I had a better excuse for the absence, but honestly, I've just been tired. It's been a hell of a year. Um... For those of you looking for updates on my friend, she is doing better. She is back to her active self on Twitter, which I can only assume is a good thing. Um, and she's generally sounding better. Still some residual effects, but hopefully enough she can be cleared soon. So that's good. I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe everything's starting to catch up with me. I mean, my birthday is next week, and I'm going to be continuing to advance into my 30s, which is scary as hell, but I am much happier to be doing that now as opposed to what the alternative was, which I probably would not handle it very well. Um, anyway, I'm sorry, y'all. It is the off-season, so it is going to be a little slower here anyway, but I'm going to do my best to to fight through this and, and give y'all some talking points. At least I'll be doing more than the Blue Jays, right? I mean, what was that from the winter meetings? I mean... I'll, I'll be talking about what they actually did accomplish at the winter meetings, but what was that? What was that? It was nothing. And granted, MLB as a whole did nothing. Very few signings. I mean, David Dahl was like a top three signing this week. Just tells you everything. At least there was some movement today with the Mets signing James McCann. And we'll be talking about that in the second half of the episode because there are some direct implications for the Blue Jays and what it means. But all the players, all all the names linked to the Blue Jays, nothing happened. It's just like, oh, they're, they're really interested. They're getting close. But no, nothing Nothing happened. And, like, I'm not shocked. But still. Like, we've seen this before, right? The Bryce Harper, Manny Machado free agency from a couple years ago. Big names might just be sitting and waiting for those big money deals to come in that they believe they're worth. And might be very consistent to just sit out and have the money they banked, carry them until they get the deal they deserve. But, like, the, the, 
the range of people that the Blue Jays have been linked to, you would think they would have signed someone more than Robbie Ray by now. But it just ain't happening. And it, it's starting to get silly, the amount of people they've been linked to. And I wanted to talk about a couple in particular that, um, while I wasn't very comfortable being vocal during this time about baseball... I did ask if I needed to explain why Marcel Ozuna and Kyle Schwarber were not good fits for the Blue Jays. Because the Blue Jays were linked to both those players. I've, I'd seen it on the internet. And I can't think of a worse use of money and capital than bringing in either of those gentlemen. Because when you think about all the people that the Blue Jays have been linked to, Blue Jays have been linked to Trevor Bauer because Randall Grichuk really wants him. And, you know, they sync up on a lot of things, a lot of goals, a lot of issues. They've been heavily linked to George Springer because Randall Grichuk's not the best center fielder. So it'd be nice to have someone there who's really good defensively. And they've been, of course, linked to moves on the trade market with the Francisco Lindor talk being the heaviest because, oh, Mark Shapiro wants his former guy. But you can make sense of those moves. Defense. Defense, defense, defense. The Blue Jays really need to improve defensively if they want to get anywhere in the postseason. I mean... How how hard were they victimized by defense in that series against Tampa Bay? Willie Adamas himself just robbed like nine hits in two games. So they got a first-hand lesson in what defense does for a club. So why do Marcelo Zuna and Kyle Schwarber come up if that is the goal of the Blue Jays? To get better bats that also have the defensive edge. Because if there's one thing Marcelo Zuna and Kyle Schwarber are bringing you, it sure as heck isn't defense. I mean, both those gentlemen have shown they can hit the ball and still do it fairly productively. Ozuna a lot more than Schwarber, but Schwarber had 38 home runs in 2019. That's last year. He, he does not hit for average, but he can mash the heck out of the ball. And Marcelo Zuna, an even better bat, um, had a war of 2.4 this year, led the National League in home runs and RBIs with 18 and 56, respectively. Also led the majors in at-bats to get said RBIs. But you take your chances where you can get them. And Marcel did. Actually got MVP votes. But the problem is neither of them do anything for the defense. They are both primarily DHs. Marcelo Zuna played almost two-thirds of his games last year at the DH position. He was out in the outfield in left field 19 times where you're not dislodging Lourdes Gurriel Jr. if he's still on this team. 
And then right field twice where you're not dislodging Teoscar Hernandez because Teoscar Hernandez can throw the ball. Schwarber is even less of an outfield player. I mean, he came up as a catcher, was moved out to left field because he couldn't really catch, and then was non-tendered because he can't really play the outfield. Um, he did play the majority of his games out there. Uh, Cubs put him in left field 48 times. Still had a feeling percentage. That was not great. Like, it, it, granted, didn't get a lot of chances, but while he may have had a perfect fielding record on 73 chances this season, in 2019 when he was mashing those 38 home runs, he had a fielding percentage of 974. 2017, 967. Not the best track record out there. And displacing a guy who did just get nominated for a gold glove. So if you're signing both of them, you're probably planning on playing them at the DH spot. Which would be great. Except Rowdy Telez and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. are still in the fold. And yeah, Vladdy wants to play third base and that'll be a topic for another episode. So keep an eye and an ear out for that. But you're going to want to give those guys days off. You're going to want to rotate. You're going to want to give Lourdes days off and Teoscar days off. The Blue Jays have shown they kind of want to have that DH be rotational so they're not destroying their lineup flexibility, which is very key to their success. Is why they have guys like Kevin Biggio and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And... They prize signing guys like a Joe Panic, Having guys like Santiago Espinal that can do so many things that you don't have to dedicate that one bench spot to that role. Signing guys like Ozuna and Schwarber would completely destroy that. And, like, I'm, I'm sure they will find a spot. I know Schwarber's been linked to the Nationals because they need another outfielder now that Adam Eaton is signed with the White Sox. And I forgot Adam Eaton signed with the White Sox. Like, that might have been the, the biggest... The White Sox were probably the busiest team at the winter meetings, trading for Lance Lynn. And we'll be talking about the Lance Lynn trade as well because that has some implications for what the Blue Jays want to do. So that'll be a topic in the future. I got a lot of topics. I just really haven't been strong enough to talk about them y'all but the main the main thing I wanted to get out because the people wanted it is why signing Kyle Schwarber and Marcelo Zuna are bad ideas for the Blue Jays and I think I just demonstrated that now there's another free agent that a lot of people are clamoring for and a lot of people are making noise for and I'm gonna get to him in a sec, because like I said, that James McCann deal comes up in this discussion. But I need to refuel, so I'm going to do that with a Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's soft, it's chewy, it melts in your mouth, it's coated in 100% chocolate. Over 18 amazing flavors from cookies and cream and carrot cake and raspberry and peanut butter and salted caramel. And if you can think it, they probably are coming up with it at the Built Bar Labs, and they will help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. I've lost 15 pounds during quarantine 
that's really good for me. And Built Bar has helped with that because when I've had the cravings, when I go to the grocery store and see all the Mr. Bigs and the Kit Kats, I'm like, nah, I got Built Bars at home. So get yourself some Built Bars. They're low calorie, they're low in sugar, they're high in protein and fiber. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get 20% off your next order. So use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. You are Locked On Blue Jays. Your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. I did say the James McCann news from today was important to the Blue Jays because basically it says that the Mets are done trying to fill out the catching slot. Which brings us to JT Real Muto, who we have talked about before on this program. And if... If it feels like the Blue Jays, you know, don't really need a catcher because they have so many young catchers. They have five on the roster. Yeah, none of them are really as good as JT Realmuto. And I mean, he's looking to be paid like one of the best catchers in the league because, well, he's performed like one of the best catchers in the league. Even this past year, he still had a 266 batting average and 11 home runs. Still a 1.5 war player, according to Baseball Reference, which is streets ahead of what they got out of Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire. Now, Alejandro Kirk playing a full season, that might change things. But Alejandro Kirk's also very valuable as a DH because he gets hits, which is just another reason why you shouldn't be signing Marcelo Zuna or Kyle Schwarber if you're the Blue Jays, because it takes at-bats away from Alejandro Kirk, and we don't need that. We need to see our large adult son out there getting hits and running the bases like only he can. But anyway, Real Muto has been an all-star the last two times there have been all-star games he did get mvp votes in 2019 he was a gold lover and a silver slugger with his 25 home runs and 275 batting average so you know again a guy who's still in the prime of his career and hitting free agency now i'm not as bullish on the blue jays signing real muto Yes, the Mets signed James McCann to a $40 million deal. Still teams out there that are going to try for real Muto. Like, I'm not surprised if the Angels would be a team that would be interested. Their catching situation right now is atrocious. The Phillies, they just brought in Dave Dombrowski. Is he going to let a guy who was traded for a bunch of prospects that he didn't get to trade first go for free? Probably not. They're probably going to make a concerted effort to try and retain him. Um, like, like it's it's not a locked deal that just because the Mets signed McCann that he's automatically going to the Blue Jays because the market doesn't work like that. Yes, he can offer the most money, but it's going to be about the fit for the player. And we won't know that until they make their intentions known. So... I wouldn't be penciling JT Realmuto into the lineup cards just yet. And I know that if they have him in in the bush, that makes it a lot easier to trade for the starting pitching that they may not want to pay for on the open market. Um, 
there was a report that the pirates were interested in Alejandro Kirk as part of a package for uh, possibly Joe Musgrove, who would fit that kind of mid-tier starter that the Blue Jays seem to be looking for. So it just enables them to trade more out of that depth, which we're all expecting them to do at some point. I I mean, they may hold on to Reese McGuire as that third catcher that they stash in Buffalo, but I, I, I think Reese's time with the Blue Jays is pretty much done. I'm sorry. He's just going to, you know, go off to that next Dollar Tree that he can find. But I'm, I'm not here to throw cold water on the Rio Muto possibilities. I'm just saying it's definitely not a sh- as sure a deal as people seem to think with the signing of James McCann. And besides, the Blue Jays, you know... As we said at the top of this thing, they're trying to work as many angles as they can. And in between, they're just giving us Walker Lockett. Who we'll be talking about on this next episode when I go over what they actually did in the winter meetings. Spoiler alert, a lot of it's just going to be players that they lost in the Rule 5 draft. So... Look forward to that. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked on Jays. Every episode is posted on the Twitter link. And you can follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. And it's getting dumber by the minute, but you just can't let it go. So we stay and we fight. I'm going to try to do. I haven't had a lot of fight in me for baseball. It's been directed to other things, other more tragic things, but we will fight. Anyway. Until the next episode, which will probably be shortly after this one, because I'm trying to get as many of these done while the iron's hot. So, until the next episode. For everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jsrunacouch.com, I'm EJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to tonight's episode. And y'all take care.